people welcome back to another episode of popcorn net i am james baker and on today's episode i have a special treat for you guys recently i had the opportunity to go on my good friend chris galzo's podcast and chat with him and his friend matt about a few films uh those films were uh girl in the spider's web and overlord and we had an amazing chat about both of those films and i just want to share it with you guys along with a little bit of information about what i've been up to uh, recently, I've been on YouTube, and I've been doing a lot of film reviews on YouTube, you know, just trying to try something different and offer you guys uh, multiple ways of uh, my opinions and chats about film and pop culture in general. So if you want to check that out, um, same thing on YouTube, PopcornNet. Uh, it should be easy to find me. I should be the only PopcornNet on YouTube. Um, also, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, I've been posting a lot on Twitter and Instagram. Um, popcorn net for both of those as well and uh, I just want to give a special thanks to everybody that's been you know listening to the podcast consistently over the few months and uh, I mean I really do appreciate it I don't think I ever let you guys know how much I love you guys for doing that so I really appreciate that and uh, if you guys want to follow me on this journey that I'm getting into with this podcast and YouTube and all that um, just let me know and if you ever want to be on the show, you're free to email me as well, popcorn at gmail. You guys know that. But anyways, I'm going to just uh, pl play the uh, the podcast that I was on, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Till next time. Peace. Chris Gelser here with Matt Howell and featuring special guest James Baker. And this week on the first to run, the three of us, special guest included, I'm very excited about this. We're going to talk about Overlord, the J.J. Abrams produced film that is that is not part of Cloverfield. We're also going to talk about the latest in the Girl in the Dragon Tattoo series, the what semi sequel, maybe relaunch of that series with the Girl in the Spider's Web. This time directed by Fidi Alvarez who gave us Evil Dead, the remake, and then, of course, uh, the nasty Don't Breathe, which is also quite good. And then finally, it's the return of everybody's favorite role-playing game, Who Dat? But before we jump into all of that, I want to talk a little bit first to James. So, James, where are you from? What do you do? Uh, what's the name of your show? What do you talk about? Why don't you give us some details? Okay. Um, I'm originally from Georgia. I recently moved to Florida in uh, 2012. I'm uh, currently residing in uh, St. Pete, Florida, and I well, host give us a your full address. We, I don't want to. Get too deep <laughs> yeah, not not full address, but uh, St. Pete area in Florida, and uh, I host a podcast and a YouTube channel by the name of Popcorn Net. Popcorn Net, and uh, I do a lot of stuff on uh, movies, uh, TV, gaming, and so on and so forth. And uh, yeah, I'm new to the podcast world and new uh, YouTube world, so I'm trying to get a foot in the door and uh i met happy you to have a couple you. of weeks ago i saw and i was looking up the guest on uh your show a while back what do we was it the meg we talked about the meg right yeah yeah the statham thing that's actually i think currently now available on blu-ray you know they released that thing but they didn't release an unrated cut for that which i do yeah not we were talking about that right it doesn't make any sense to me at all 
So anyway, we're happy to have you. And I like too about your show is you cover more stuff than us. We're very siloed basically with movies, but to do video games and uh, shows as well. How's that Red Dead Redemption 2? Have you played that yet? I'm thinking about picking that oh up. Oh my God, man. That, that is my life right now. I've, I've only been watching uh, or playing Red Dead and uh, binging a few TV shows here and there, but Red Dead is taking up 80% of my life up right now. I can appreciate that. I've been playing Star Wars Battlefront 2 repeatedly forever just because it's I like Star Wars. I need to branch out and play more things. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Overlord. Let's talk about it. But first, here's a clip. <laughs> Inside the church. Crowds grabbed me as soon as I hit the ground. Inside the church? How did you get inside the church? Dead bodies. What? Slow down. Slow down. They're doing experiments on them in there. They're doing experiments on the villagers. What? Just like her aunt. They're burning people with these flamethrowers and they're still moving the bodies. Cocoon things in there. Did you get eyes on the tower compound? She doesn't doesn't have a body and she's still still talking and I I saw those appellants. Voice! Did you get eyes on the tower compound? The tower basin yeah, is below the ground. But there's more than that down there. Okay. Get that. Look. Okay. What the hell is that? All right, Matt. So as you know, and James, you don't know this. Every episode we do is specifically mastered for one particular listening experience. And this week, of course is best listened to when you're raiding a radio tower and you have to take out some Nazis in World War II. I know that's specific <laughs> and impossible to replicate at this point, but this that's the best way to listen to this. So, Matt, why don't you tell the folks at home, what is Overlord all about? Sure. So uh, it's June 6, 1944. A group of airborne rangers um, are parachuting behind enemy lines into France to take out a uh, radio tower so that um, air cover can be supplied to the invasion of the Normandy beaches. Um, they, of course, get shot down. They all get separated. There's very few people of their team left. Um, and as they infiltrate a French village, they discover that um, the Nazi occupiers are conducting unnatural experiments on the villagers and... Um, Horror ensues. So, Overlord, I was looking forward to this one for quite a while. All right. Because, first off, what do you got? You got your J.J. Abrams produced kind of thrill of horror, which typically delivers some reasonably entertaining movies. I wanted to say entertaining entertainment, but that is just bad. So, I was looking forward to this one. And zombies, Nazis, World War II, I don't think you can really go wrong with that at all. I just, I conceptually, I'm in love with this thing. But it there was just something missing for me. It didn't go quite far enough. And we can get into this, but I think as our guest, James, why don't you first share your thoughts uh, about Overlord? Um, to be honest, just like you said, I was really looking forward to it going to this. And I wasn't extremely let down, but uh, the biggest thing that kind of like disappointed me was like, I thought this was really going to be part of the uh, Cloverfield universe. Okay. So you were and, in on that. You thought they were going to be. Yeah, I was little... totally right. in on that. I'm a big fan of the original as well. Um, Cloverfield Lane, uh, even Paradox. And I thought this was going to connect all the films together or be part of that universe. And this was completely, this completely had nothing to do with it. Yeah. I was kind of upset about that. Um, I was expecting more zombies. I mean, we only saw like, maybe a handful 
That but, is exactly uh, my issue, right? I think for this <laughs> film, doesn't really know what it is. It's not entirely sure what it wants to wants to present to us. So I love this, and I love the premise of this thing, right? But the first two thirds, this is basically just a war movie with kind of just hints of something else going on. And then we don't get our monster, monster zombie Nazis until the final third of the film. And even then, they just, they're too late and they don't have the desired impact. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I was expecting more, uh, like when I played Call of Duty Zombies, something like that. Right. <laughs> Not I confess, that I... as did I. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it wasn't a horrible film. I mean, yeah. the scenes when they're in the house and the dialogue and, you know, like... Um, trying to figure out how to invade the tower. That was right. kind of cool, but I was looking for more zombies, to be honest. I, I think I'm on board with you. Matt, what are your thoughts on the Overlord? Okay, well, um, wow. This is, not, this is not very often that we have an extra co-host that I can say that both of you are wrong. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm i a big fan of the Cloverfield universe, but, I've you know, it was obviously quite pointedly taken out of that. There was a lot of... Uh, rumors before this came out that this is going to be a part of cloverfield and they decided not to go that way um and i think that actually helps in this instance because mm -hmm. um it's actually pretty well done i was not confident in seeing this film and watching the trailers um i think in our rotten tomatoes score i went with the way under even though we both went uh we both uh really had a wash on this one um i uh I don't know. I, I appreciated the fact that they approached it as a pretty solidly put together um, war film that had this kind of undercurrent of something that's not quite right that slowly got developed. Now, I guess, yes, I would have liked to have seen, you know, a zombie horde overtaking a French village, uh, you know, mm -hmm. um, as much as the next guy. But I don't think it was really necessary. I thought it was pretty effective the way it was. And just by the sheer fact that, you know, you have these unstoppable zombie soldiers that um, kind of making them few and far between was the right way to go to kind of up the stakes or at least up the tension that, and also, you know, make it so that it conceivably they could be stopped by a group of, you know, four or five soldiers plus a French resistance fighter. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, Listen, I still enjoyed this thing, okay? I think it's still fun. I think there's enough gore and splatter here as well to kind of keep the horror fan engaged. Even if it's, I don't know, if I felt the, sc the scares weren't really as plentiful as I'd hoped they would be. And I think maybe an issue is it doesn't go really far enough. I thought this may be, end up being a, a kind of down and dirty kind of zombie World War II Nazi movie. And it's, and it's not. I thought maybe if, if it could be like the, look, put it this way. I would love for this thing to have been part of that Tarantino Rodriguez Grindhouse series that never took off, right? I think something like that would have this would have been perfect for that. Instead, it's an action movie featuring Nazi monster zombies more than it's a horror film. But I still I I I didn't hate it. I loved I enjoyed it a lot. I thought the first fifteen minutes are fantastic. Um, overall, though, it's it's solid. It's enjoyable, and I, I'm I'm happy they made it. Unfortunately, no one's going to see this damn thing. So it does not bode well for this kind of stuff. Unless I'm really starting to wonder if we're at that case, right? Where it's either big superhero movies or nobody seems to go to the theater anymore. I don't know. Jay yeah, like, 
to piggyback on uh, what Matt said, uh, I agree with him as well. Um, and I also agree with Chris, but uh, I feel like the main reason why I was upset with it is that, like I said before, I was going into it with the intentions of a Cloverfield film. Right. Like this was not a Cloverfield film at all. And that was my biggest disappointment. And it was kind of hard for me to recover from that expectation during the film. It was an excellent war film with zombie and B-rated elements in it as well. But this this was a really good film. But to not have it connect with the Cloverfield universe was kind of upsetting because leading into this, we kept hearing speculation that this was going to be like a prequel or some kind of some kind of connection to the Cloverfield universe. And it was not at all. So let me ask you about that, because I think that's interesting. If you, it's tough because you go into these things with a certain expectations then inevitably you may end up being disappointed. This is also why I try and avoid trailers as much as I possibly can. So can you, James, kind of look at this outside of the Cloverfield umbrella, if you will, and take it for what it is? And then does that soften your view of it all? Does it kind of go up the rankings a bit more for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, It was an excellent war film. Um, I don't remember the last time I've seen a film like this, so I give it credit to the originality to it. And uh, I love zombies in any film, no matter how many you have. <laughs> but uh, it was a really good film overall. I mean, uh, I'm not sure if we're doing scores right now. I'll save that for later. But no, go ahead. it was a really good film to me. I think you're good. So what do you give this thing for a letter grade? Um, I give it a C, C+. Plus. Oh. C, C, give me, give, I'm putting you on the, on the spot. Give me one, C or C+. Plus. C+. Plus. I'll give it a C+. Plus. All right. Matt, where do you come down? Um, I'm going to give this thing a solid B. I think it's a pretty good uh, action film. I think it's a, I appreciate that it's more action horror than, you know, an actual straight up horror film. I think it's pretty effective. No, I, yeah, I was, I'm, I was hovering around B, B minus myself and, uh, I gotta go. I think I just gotta, I'm going to stick with my guns. I originally had it as a B as well. And I think I'll stick with that as well, which is funny is that you and I had different, Different views of the film, Matt, but we still both gave it a B, which I, of course... Well, it's fun. It's a fun film. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, you know, it was a very uncomfortable viewing experience for me because it was me and one other couple in the in the uh, theater, and they were being very loud, and I had to, uh, I had to, I had to start some, and it was a very uncomfortable viewing experience. Did you say that, something? So. <laughs> I did. What'd you do? Very loudly and rudely, and, but they got quiet, so... <laughs> was there any profanity? Did you say... There was. Shut I up. led off with pr- profanity. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. I wish more theaters would be like the uh, draft houses. You know, yes. Where if they catch you, they bounce you. Mm-hmm. No, this is AMC. Nobody gives a crap. Mm. Like like my experience seeing Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't know if you heard that episode, James, but we saw a bow rap last week. And they, I had a woman during, there's a big, penult- not penult- the big the end scene, basically, when they're performing at Live Aid, Queen is. And I had a woman who was screaming the whole time like she was at a concert. Oh, my God. Like wooing for the entire 15 minutes. It was. Did you say something or no? No. At first, I thought it was funny. Um, And then after the first three minutes, I started to get a little annoyed. Then I'm like, you know what? I just looked at it this way. Freddie, he had such a. He instilled such much passion in this woman. I'm just going to let it ride. If it was like throughout the whole film, I definitely would have said something. (laughs) All right, so that's Overlord. Anything else you wanted to add, James? Matt, are you good? James, anything else? Nah, I'm good to go, man. All right. If you've had a chance to see Overlord, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. Next up, we're going to tell you what's coming up on Blu-ray and DVD this upcoming Tuesday. I'm going to play a clip from one. I Man, I, 
really wanted to see this thing and I didn't get a chance to, so now we'll be able to check it out. So here's a clip from Blind Spotting. Oh, what is this? Oh, oh. oh. you got a little yes, hey, bro. Uh, yes. Hey, hey, I, I would like to get out. Oh. Oh. I got three days left on this probation, Miles, so let me Come on, on man, out. You gotta let me hold one of these. Yeah, that you can continue for two your gun deal. Yeah, one in the little visor thing right there. The visor, my yeah. oh. Of course, there's one in the visor. Oh. My goodness, Look. precious me. The one in my Look pocket. Very nice. Why are there six guns in your car, Dad? Oh, Colin, man, I like yours. Right here, Yo, that this is, is not mine. Also, that. stop pointing at them me. They're not loaded, bro. Those are for show loaded. Oh, okay. Okay. See? Oh, get the out. I just got an Uber pickup. You got it. Well, is this an Uber? Hell yeah. Money everywhere I can get it, homie. Uh. So, of course, as I said, a clip from Blind Spotting. David Diggs stars as Colin. He's kind of trying to make a way his, through his final three days of probation, hanging out with his best friend. They're both working as movers, and things just go horribly wrong when they witness a police shooting. It's supposed to be very poignant, very funny as well, but with some heavy subject matter that it balances exceptionally well. So, I've been dying to check out Blind Spotting. Now you can. Also coming up is Crazy Rich Asians. We had quite a big discussion about this one, James. I actually really enjoyed it. Matt, not so much. Did you check out Crazy Rich Asians? Oh, my God. I love that movie so much, man. It was really good. See, Matt? Matt, what's, what's up, man? What, I... what didn't you like about it? Um, I don't know. I just... I what I guess what I didn't like about it is just... Uh... I don't know. I guess it's just the vapid materialism and uh, in a questionable part of the world that it's that uh, that uh, Singapore, you know, not so great how they got some of their wealth. So I, I was being very critical about it. Mm. Okay, I, yeah, respect. I was ignorant about all that stuff when I watched it, so I was just yeah, able to me too, man. enjoy it. So I love that movie. So there you go. Now you can pick it up. Includes <laughs> commentary with the director, uh, some deleted scenes and some gag reels. Kin, which was released by the producers of Stranger Things. This is one of those where recently he's from prison. Jimmy hopes to reconnect with his younger adopted brother and a strange father. But after a run-in with a vengeful criminal, Jimmy and Eli become fugitives with one hope for survival, a metallic box from another dimension that transforms them into a super-powered weapon. Well, actually, the box transforms into a super-powered weapon. So, uh, 10 deleted scenes, some uh, optional commentary on each, behind the scenes of making a couple commentaries, da-da-da-da. But Ken looked reasonably interesting to me. Um, but it kind of came and went in the theaters. It seemed like kind of a young adult superhero thing. If you get it from Best Buy, you get a steel book with that, of course. But I think the big, big thing coming out this Tuesday, in timely, because Barnes & Noble is having its Criterion sale right now, the Ingmar Bergman Cinema Collection, which includes 39 Bergman films presented as a film festival. It also includes a 248-page book, with an essay on each program, as well as more than 30 hours of supplemental material. I have a gaping void in my movie viewing when it comes to Bergman. I've seen a few things, but not a lot. And 50% off right now on Barnes & Noble, I may end up picking this sucker up. So it's pretty pricey, though. I think right. I think that at 50%, it's $150. I don't know if that's going to scare some people away. What about you guys? Either of you interested in some uh, Bergman? Uh, not for $150 to own. I'll go down to the library and watch it for free. Yeah, I'll stream it. 
on some illegal site. Fair enough. Well, all right. <laughs> Criterion is also releasing Some Like It Hot, the classic Billy Wilder comedy with Tony Curtis, Jack Lemmon, and of course, Marilyn Monroe. Boasts a brand new 4K restoration, as well as some uh, making of featurettes. Scream Factory is giving us Candyman, which is a brand new 2K restoration, as well as an, an excuse me, a brand new audio commentary by writer-director Bernard Rose and Tony Todd. And a whole bunch of other new featurettes as well. And also includes the unrated cut of the film with a new 2K restoration. I gotta admit, I was never a big Candyman fan when it first came out. But I'm thinking about uh, taking another visit at this. Did you guys like the Candyman? I did not mess with Candyman when I was a kid. Probably won't go back to it. Uh, I'm at this, at this time in my life, I still won't say it three times in the mirror. That's how, <laughs> that's that's how much it messed up on my head in the past. That's so prudent, man. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Matt? Were you a candy? Uh, yeah, I watched it again. You know, um, because I've I have terrible parents. I probably watched it way earlier than I should have. The whole uh, scene about the kid in the bathroom that that scarred me for like years after that it really it really messed me up and i guess to the film's credit that's not something you see very often in horror films <laughs> yeah. um you know but uh it was a lot it was a lot to process uh watching that so yeah i don't really mess with Candyman either probably smart idea scream factor is also releasing urban legend with a brand new audio commentary and on disc two there is an eight part 147 minute documentary about the making of the film which just i is is Urban Legend have that much of a following? Am I just am I just ignorant about this? No, no. I I, I think uh, I think you're right. Urban Legend is wrong. It does not have a following. <laughs> James, I think you're younger than us. What about you? Was uh, Urban Legend more in your wheelhouse? Um, like Matt said, I think I watched it a little bit before my time, and uh, I don't see how it has a following because I still wasn't scared of it when I was younger. <laughs> So. There you go. And they're also <laughs> releasing Urban Legends, the final cut, a brand new restoration on that bad bear as well. So if you're an Urban Legend fan, Scream Factory's got your back, both of you. Uh, they're also, actually, their Shout Select portion is releasing Holy Motors, which includes, if you're not familiar, this is a film where uh, the guy, he's uh, he drives a white limo, and it's he intersects with all these different people, a captain of industry, a beggar, a motion capture performance artist, a horrific creature, a father, an accordionist, a hitman, a victim, a dying man, a lover, a family man, all these different appointments and kind of as he gets through his day is being released by Shout Select. Uh, the, the Last Seduction is being released by Scorpion Releasing, which is a newer company. This is the Linda Fiorentino, Bill Pullman film with, uh, is it Peter Burke? Um, I remember it being a big deal on HBO, being so popular, they actually gave it a limited theatrical release. Also includes deleted scenes and an alternate ending. The Michael J. Fox film, Bright Lights, Big City, is being released by MVD Rewind. This is another one, too, I never saw as a kid, nor have I ever caught up with it. I just remember trying to be, what, like Michael J. Fox's foray into more adult fare. And I don't remember it doing especially well. But this was a long time ago, and even I was a kid then. Matt, did you ever see uh, Bright Lights, Big City? Uh, no, I didn't. I James, was too young for it. Are you aware of Bright Lights, Big City? This is the first time I've ever heard of it, see, to be it's honest. The, I, I'm too old. Arrow is releasing Django, 
the classic film that was kind of the, what Django Unchained was based on with Franco Nero. There's a two-disc limited edition coming out with a 4K scan of the, from the original camera negative, as well as a 2K scan of the Texas Adios, which was released here domestically as Django 2. There's a whole bunch of new features on this, including a bunch of new interviews with Nero, as well as the director, Ruggiero Diato. If you're a Django fan, I picked up the one from... Oh, I'm blanking on who it is now. But there was an earlier Django release on Blu-ray from years ago. But this new one from Errol, it looks like it's going to be top shelf if you're a fan. Some other stuff being released. The Glenn Miller, Glenn Miller story starring Jimmy Stewart. Robin, Robin and Marion, which is features Sean Connery and Audrey Hepburn. And then the Emilio Estevez, Mick Jagger, air quotes, classic, Free Jack. Matt, do you recall Free Jack at all? I vaguely remember the name. Because you're pulling we, out some deep cuts here for me here. I, I know, I like, know what you're talking about. You can tr- it's like a quantum leap thing where you can transport yourself into your body or something like that. Like right before you die, they take you out of your body and then they do some... I don't know. <laughs> I remember it not being good. <laughs> but if you're a fan, it's now available on Blu-ray. You're straight to DVD pick of the week. Oh, this is good. This is a good one. Matt, you're going to enjoy this. All right, I'm ready. Luciferina. Natalia is a 19-year-old novice who reluctantly returns home to say goodbye to her dying father. But when she meets up with her sister and her friends, she decides instead to travel the jungle in search of a mystical plant. Because what else would a bunch of teenage girls do? Instead of pleasure, they find a world of black masses, strange pregnancies, bloody deaths, and perhaps, maybe... A sexually violent clash with the devil himself. Calzada directs a visually explosive film where religion, innocence, repressed sexuality, and evil build to a boil and spectacularly collide. He is, I love this. Just, I love this part. He has screened the film at festivals around the world, including Fright Fest London, Brussels International Fantastic Film Festival, Philadelphia Unnamed Film Festival, Fantaspia, Cinepocalypse, and this is the best part. At Cinepocalypse, I'm assuming this is an ongoing category. Luciferina took home the award for best sexorcism scene. <laughs> so, good on you, Luciferina. And I'm glad, finally, we've broken that glass floor, that glass ceiling, where a woman can be the devil. So good for all around. Matt, which one are you streaming this week? And does it feature a best sexorcism scene nominee? Unfortunately, no. I can't say it does. Um, so in honor of Turkey Day coming up, and as we did, talked about last week, we've got our big 30 hours of Turkey Day, uh, 30 hours of turkeys uh, with Mystery Science Theater 3000. That's right. Now, there's not very much available on Netflix for streaming right now, but there are Season two is available. That's the only season, but it has some of the all-time gems in it. Um, it has Manos, but I'm not going to recommend Manos. I'm going to recommend Space Mutiny, an absolutely chef's kiss terrible uh, sci-fi movie, which stars the likes of, can we list, list a few of them off? Um, nice. uh, Fist Rockbone, uh, Blast Hard Cheese, uh, Big McLarge Huge, and my favorite, deserves an Oscar, Gristle McThornbody. So, if you want to watch this film, please, as an aperitif, check out Space Mutiny uh, available on Netflix. That is a Mike episode. And I want to clarify it's not seasons, Matt. It's collection two because. Collection two, excuse me. 
then I want to throw people off. You wanted the MST3K people to get upset. That wasn't in season two, which is technically true. Mm. All right, here's another. Here's another. I'm gonna check my age on this one. James, are you familiar with the Mystery Science Theater at all? Come on, uh, yes. a little bit. So yes. 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 Was, yes. Okay. Good. A little bit. <laughs> I think I was around like nine when I first saw that. So. Well, that's the perfect class... time to watch them. Exactly. There's a class, a bunch of classic <laughs> yeah, episodes on Netflix. Bit. They used to do a marathon every Thanksgiving on Comedy Central. And the new season is only six episodes long, unfortunately, right? But still, I've been enjoying the uh, the Jonah years. This was so the uh, the show with the commentary during the movies, right? Exactly. Yes. Uh, the okay. guy yes. and two puppets. Uh, okay. Robots. Yes. Good. I'm glad you have you have some you have some general grasp of what the show is about. Which yeah, it was a cool show. A I remember watching a few that. episodes. Yeah, go out, d- dude. Go out and check uh, Space Mutiny out and watch. Uh, Bench McSquat thrust an accent, okay? <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I'm added to my list for sure, man. <laughs> I'm, we're happy to hear that. All right, so let's go ahead and move on, and let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the girl in the spider's web. Man, Fidi Alvarez has been on a streak. Does that continue? We'll find out after this. You have a sister? No. She killed herself three years ago. I can't believe you didn't tell me. That I had a sister or that she killed herself? Both. When our loved ones die, we tell our friends. We have to go now. I need to work. If you have another girl coming, you can tell me. I have to work. So Elizabeth Salander returns, this time played by Claire Foy. And uh, it's, 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 a pre, it's, it's a sequel relaunch of the girl the dragon tattoo after the fincher version with daniel craig and rooney mara now this time out elizabeth is hired to steal a program that allows you to basically launch a nuclear weapon from your laptop from anywhere in the world if you get your hands on it and of course when she steals a program she it gets stolen from her and now she has to go get it back as well as protect the sun of the man who created the program, who was, of course, assassinated. Because the sun, a la uh, Mercury Rising, is the only one that can break the code in order to access the program. Fidi Alvarez, held it, held it, headed, held? I'm really good at this. Uh, he gave helmed? us... Helmed? Helmed. That's the word. That's a good There you word. go. You got it. He helmed the Evil Dead franchise relaunch, right? And I got to tell you, when they were talking about remaking horror movies, one I don't think you should have touched was Evil Dead. But in the end, I think he delivered a scary, gross horror film that totally did the original justice. And then he did Don't Breathe about the uh, three kids who attempt to attempt to rob the blind guy in Detroit. Of course, there's a twist in that where that blind guy is not so helpless and things go horribly wrong for them. Both, I think, pretty good movies. So when he was hired to take over the Dragon Tattoo series, I'm thinking, all right, I think Feedy's up to this task. And especially the Fincher's film, though good, suffers a bit, A, from maybe being overlong and overwritten and then particularly the way it handles Elizabeth Salander at the end of the film. Now, I've seen all the original Swedish movies, which I think are damn good. Uh, and I'm going to re- be revisiting them. But I did re-watch the Fincher one in anticipation of this film, too. 
And it's better the second time I saw it, but still not great. And this is a crushing disappointment. What did you guys think? James, what were your thoughts on The Girl in the Spider's Web? Uh, I totally agree with you. Uh, like you said, I revisited the Fincher film before I went to go see this one. And uh, I was expecting more of uh, a mysterious Elizabeth sl- uh, slander. And uh, that's not what I got. She was, I feel like in this film, she was really sloppy. And that's not what we alluded to in the first film. True. That was kind of a, a turn down. Um, also, this film was more action versus mystery, which was also a turn down. Hmm. Um, and I also figured or heard that uh, this plot wasn't even part of the original Arthur's uh, book collection. So maybe that's something that has to do with this as well. But uh, yeah, I was kind of disappointed with this film as well. Yeah, so this was a fourth book, right? Because they've tried to continue the series with a new author, kind of like all of the James Bond series. They keep churning out Bond books, even though obviously Fleming's been dead for years. So, all right, that's 0 for 2. Matt, Girl in the Spider's Web. Yeah, so um, I think it's really important to point out that this thing was not written by Stieg Larsson, the book that this is based on. It's really mm-hmm. just something that they try to take on, you know, tack on to try and capitalize on the popularity. But I'm going to have, Chris, I'm going to go out on a limb. Okay. And as is my way, I'm going to um, be contrary in this. I actually was never a huge fan of any of these films. Um, not even the original Swedish ones. Yeah, not even the original C- Swedish ones. And I don't know huh. what it is. I have a real hard time um, connecting. I don't know what the character or what's going on. It just it doesn't hold my interest, and I don't know why. Like I recognize um, Numi Rapace's uh, performance is excellent. Um, mm-hmm. Even Fincher's version, I love the kind of Fincherian like. Uh, coldness and the cinematography and everything else like that but i just sure. cannot get into these stories and um now you take in uh, something that i found middling in the first place and then go to something that's even just just downright bad it's just kind of whatever redeeming qualities the other ones had it just kind of uh, jettisons those trying to make this i read this i'm stealing it but um it's basically like they're trying to turn her into a bit of a James Bond or Jason Bourne type character, which is just really the wrong way to go with this. Um, I, I don't know. I just, um, I thought it was a real disappointment and um, I had low expectations going in. Um, and uh, unfortunately that's kind of where they stayed. Yeah. I agree with you in time with that. I think, I feel, I think Fo- Foy does a good job in this. They've muted her character entirely. Now she's just like a goth Avenger. Right. There's no there's really no I think any there's no depth. There's no idiot. I can't talk tonight, but there's no different shades to her anymore. It's all just she just is just avenging angel now. And that's all there is to it. And she's not I just I don't like how they've basically just negated her as a character. Now she's just kind of this presence. And my God, the new Mikhail Bloomquist in this thing is just he's as engaging as a mailbox. I mean, first off, you have Michael Emquist, right, from the original series. And even Craig was good. But this new guy was just a disaster. And I don't... The big issue with this thing is it's too tightly constructed, right? There isn't an ounce of originality. This thing doesn't breathe at all. I can tell you... I was able to tell you what exactly was going to happen in this movie after the first 10 minutes. Once you introduce all these characters, I could just tick off every single beat that this film was going to check. And it just was just so disappointing. It's devoid of any thrills or intensity. I mean, the film is basically inert. Let me give you an example. One of the coolest, best characters 
out of uh, Dennis Villanueva's Blade Runner 2049 was love, right? And that's Jared Leto's, you know, it was Neander Wallace's character. That was the woman, his replicant guard assassin woman. That actress is Sylvia Hoax. She plays Lisbeth Slander's sister in this film. And everything she brought to that film, this thing, it's, it's just dull. And I, I didn't care at all. I didn't get as angry with the sister twist because they telegraphed it right away. I mean, they told you in the trailer, so it's not a big surprise. So it didn't get me crazy like it did in, um, in uh, Spectre. But still, this thing, as I said, it's just inert. And it's, it's, it's a real disappointment because I was really hoping for something interesting and great. And this thing is just anything but. James, anything else you want to add? No, I, I agree with both you guys. You guys made some really good points. Um, the mystery behind this is pretty much like you said, like finding out that her sister was still alive. I mean, that's not a spoiler. Like you said, it's in the trailer. Yeah, and the kid. Um, and, of course, the kid's the key to unlocking everything. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. I mean, just, everything that made the, the first film, um, even though Matt said he didn't like it, which – <laughs> what I liked about it was the mystery behind who ki- like killed um, the sister or the do- or nephew or I mean niece or whatever yeah. your standpoint you want to look at it. Whoever <laughs> killed her was interesting, and uh, the way the 2011 film ended, I didn't really expect Michael to come back. Mm-hmm. So when they brought back a lesser version of him, I'm like, why would you even include him in this film? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it just didn't make any sense to me. <sighs> Just disappointing all around. Matt, any other thoughts? Do we just put this to bed? No. Nothing? No, sorry, sorry. I double clicked my mute here. Um yeah, no, I uh I uh yeah, there's not a whole lot to say about it. I mean it's it's uh it's a pretty middling film in the middling part of the year. Um it kind of sticks out like a sore thumb, it doesn't really belong. Um and um unfortunately I think it's just I think it's resigned its fate to uh, to being kind of a footnote and forgotten very quickly, which is kind of what it deserves. Yeah. No, I think that's good. All right. Uh, I'm giving this thing – I'm just giving it a D, which pains me, but that's <laughs> that's what I'm giving it. A good old D. The only thing that made, didn't make this incomplete just failure for me was Claire Foy, but that's barely it. What about you, James? You got a letter grade for us? Uh, I'll give it a D, too. I feel like uh... – Claire Ford did a decent job. Not too shabby, but uh, she was in a tough situation. Yeah. Didn't give her much <laughs> to work with. Matt? Yeah, I'm going to give it a D, too. I mean, other than Claire Ford being this lone bright bright spot, it's really not enough to kind of salvage this thing for me. There you go. D's all around. D's all around. I am not going to make give a triple D. D joke. Because wow. We <laughs> yeah, we gave it the D. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't think has ever happened on the history of this show. <laughs> Curse Tom. <laughs> I like that we keep all of the content really elevated at a certain We do. Level. It's a classy show. Yeah, it is. It's a classy show. You can have definitely have your grandmother listen to it, that's for sure. <laughs> if you've had a chance to see the girl and the spider's web, and I apologize if you have, shoot us an email at feedback at the first com. Of course we'd love to hear your thoughts. Who that? Uh, this may be one of my... F- I know former co-host of this show who basically went to witness protection, Dave. This was his favorite segment. So in honor of him, let's do a reasonably good job of it. And here's a hint as to 
a role one of you gentlemen will be playing next. I was told it might be possible to rent your boat. We'd like to do that. Is that possible? We need to get upriver. Where are you going? Into Burma. Burma's a war zone. Well, that's what people call it, but it's more like genocide than war. Anyway, this will be my fifth trip in, so we are aware of all the risks. I don't go that far north. Let me explain our situation. Our church is part of a pan-Asian ministry located in Colorado. We're all volunteers who, around this time of year, bring in uh, medical supplies, medical attention, prayer books, and support for the Karen tribes people. People say, you know the river better than anyone. They lied. So what I'm asking is that we compensate you for a few hours of your time that will help change people's lives. Are you bringing in any weapons? Of course not. You're not changing anything. Hey. How you doing? What is this? I used to do a really good Stallone, but it's only it's only one particular phrase that I can nail. And I can't. Hopefully it'll come to me. All right. Like so, your, uh, your Al Pacino? You my Al Pacino was Fantastic top. phrase. I know James yeah. heard my Al Pacino, but I have one for you. ready, James? Here you go. You ready? He's got great ass. all right so we're gonna give james a little james gonna participate which i'm very excited about but matt let's ease him into it so you're gonna be sylvester stallone now you don't have to do the impression yeah because i can't do it so i'm gonna but you have to answer this question as sylvester stallone would you ready okay got it so rambo 5 is currently shooting in fact you're playing this time out you're traveling to mexico to save a friend's daughter who's been kidnapped by a Mexican cartel. Okay. So why not do like a Creed thing and mentor Troutman's kid as the next Rambo? Or uh, I'm just curious your thoughts. What makes you think that we need to have another Rambo? And this one, of course, being Last Blood. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I enjoyed the last Rambo film. I thought it was just lean, mean. It's a nasty little action movie, which I rather enjoyed. So, though, Rambo 5, one more time out. What are you coming in that slide right now? How old are you at the moment? Do you know? You're uh, uh, pushing, pushing 70? 70. 72. Oh, wow, 72. So, what are your thoughts? Why are we doing this? Why not just go out on top like you did with Creed? Um, you know what? I think I can, uh, I think I got one more thing, uh, episode of, uh, Rambo and me. I think I can do Rambo. Um, I don't, I, I feel like this is really the film. Even more so than Rocky. Rocky put me on the the map for you know the Hollywood, but this is the yeah. film that made me an action star, and I feel like I own this. So therefore, I wanted to kind of go out on my own terms. Absolutely, absolutely. That's what it is. It's my absolutely, <laughs> which is weak right now. I have to practice it. Absolutely. All right, Matt. Why don't you? I think that's fine. I just, uh, yeah, I guess so. Listen, I'm all in on this. All right, I'm I'm trying to be coy about this. But seeing uh, Rambo go out against a whole a, a big cartel, I, sign me up. I'm buying tickets today as soon as I can. So yeah. I don't know. And then uh, Guillermo del Toro shows up as the sidekick. That would be awesome. A little Sicario, a little Sicario action thrown in there for for good measure. <laughs> Let me ask you, James. What do you think? Are you a Rambo guy? Are you looking forward to Rambo Five, or are you more like you know what Rambo Two when I'm out? Oh no, I love Sylvester Stallone, man. Anything he puts out, I watch that man. There you go. See, I like to hear that. All right, Matt, why don't you give me one, and then we'll just then throw uh, James right into the uh, 
run into the ocean, run into the pool. Okay, so can I just start off? Can I can I can I have two J.J. Abrams questions? Can J.J. Abrams answer two questions for me? Well, I have one too, so that's interesting. But yeah, sure, go right ahead. Okay, so it's going to be. J. But J. I'm going to Abrams lead off with the one that I think you're more likely to go with. All right. So you're J.J. Abrams, all mm-hmm. right? You are developing the much maligned at Episode Nine. The Star Wars fans have been whipped into a frothing frenzy, and they have become the most unreasonable fandom. In the world, how much of Brian Johnson's The Last Jedi do you keep, and what do you toss out to go back to what you saw from The Force Awakens? So, a side note, didn't I read a while ago that a lot of that animus was drummed up by, like, Russian uh, trolls? Um, that, like, I mean, a, that may be true. Maybe isn't... they kind of stoked the fire, but you know what, Chris? If we know anything about nerd culture... And we do because we belong to it. Maybe a little. The bit. embers were always there, and all it takes is the slightest bit of spark, and and there it goes. No, you're right about that. Um. All right. So what am I gonna do? Yeah. No. I guess this is cinema to what I cinema. This is similar to my question because it was there's an I read an article on Cinema Blend. Uh, how do you get Star Wars back on track? Which was infuriating to me because I don't think it's off track. And he listed give Luke more to do, deliver fan service. Which has been a problem to this point, and then modify the Last Jedi's controversial answers, which I guess is what you're asking. So, as J.J. Abrams, um, I don't. Oh, here's the thing. All right, so I'm going to answer as J.J. Abrams, not as what Chris Scalzo, esteemed host of the first round, would think or want. So basically, what we're going to do is we're going to rework Return of the Jedi this time and we're going to introduce some other cool stuff and then ray will end up being like the niece of ben kenobi which will be something for the fans and the grand niece i guess right says ben at some point right okay so like while ben was hiding off in the sand he he had he got around and yeah. with the people of Tatooine. So he's got uh, grand nieces running around. Exactly. That's what yes, it will okay. be some little thing like that. And they put her on the planet to protect her, I guess, or something. And um, that's pretty much it. So everybody's going to be very happy with how everything shakes out. Um, I'd like to put Kylo Ren back in a mask. Um, I don't like this handsome, half-naked Kylo Ren running around. I like me a Darth Vader Kylo Ren. So... Um, we're going to do all that kind of stuff. We're basically going to deliver to the fans mostly what they want. I'm going to keep... Luke's going to be dead, but he's going to be Force Ghost Luke. And he'll have some funny quips and deliver some good stuff and do some more training. And, uh, yeah. No. It's, 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 you're going to... Trust me. You're going to love it. I don't want to reveal too much. But you'll be happy with how I wrap things up. And then you can go hate on Ryan Johnson's brand new trilogy all you want. <laughs> <laughs> James, do you have any thoughts about uh, Abrams? Where do you th- where do you think he's gonna go with the uh, last film in his trilogy? Um, I'm looking for like at least I don't know rather to bet the over or under of three plot twists in his <laughs> final film. It's gonna be at least three plot twists. That's what I'm looking for. At uh, least I agree. Hmm. 
I wonder what they are. So are Over you going to go? Let me ask you, James. Do you think Ray's parents will stay nobodies, or will they be revealed to be? No way, people, man. Somebody significant. No way. You think it's a done deal that they're going to be somebodies? It, it has. She has to be related to somebody in, in the in the culture, man. She has to. I mean, I see where I see where Ryan was going with that. It's kind of like anybody could be, yeah. You know, Supreme Jedi. But come on, man. It's a Star Wars. She got to She got to be part of the fam, man. She has to be part of the fam. <laughs> Maybe. She has to be part of the royal family, bro. Yeah. She can't be Immaculate Conception. That's what no, Anakin was, this right? Is, this is science fiction, man. Yeah. So uh, you remember, like when the, when Force Awakens first came out, there were there was all these crazy rumors about about Luke Skywalker's hand. Like if she ends up being like some clone, like from the genetic material of Luke Skywalker's <laughs> hand, I'm gonna lose my mind. That, that would be awesome. Would you walk I'm, out? Would you walk I'm out still, at that point? Uh, no, uh, no, I wouldn't. I would right. just have to see how that ended. Did you see I'm what still... Hamill said that he told Lucas he wanted Boba Fett to be Luke's mom? No, I just that. kind of walked away from him. I'm still wow. bent on her being a spawn of uh, Han and Layla. I'm still bent on that. You yeah, think she's maybe. A, a daughter that they bent. just haven't talked about? Her and Kylo are brother and sister. That's how they got to end it, bro. Like, I'm still bent on it for sure. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Maybe, maybe Sibling Ray rivalry, please. is like, uh, is like, uh, is like the offspring of like Han's side piece. Like they got into an argument and Han got it. He like hooked up with Lando and they went on a drinking binge to make himself feel better. And then boom. Well, it's like well, a John, it's Jon Snow. Ray I'll Snow, this comes I'll back. Take, I'll take that. Yeah. It wouldn't yeah, be the first the time. Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time they injected sexual tension among relatives in the Star Wars universe. That's very. There you cool. go. <laughs> you know, but the thing that's got me most, I, I he did a JJ Abrams did an interview or like a a fan Q and A, and somebody asked him about Snoke and about you know whether Snoke was really dead. And what really concerns me is he brought up the M word. He brought up midichlorians and how powerful they are. Uh-oh. And I swear to God, I believe he's going to bring Snoke back somehow. And it's not even like there's precedent because we got Darth Maul, who was freaking cut in half, is now back alive with robot body on the bottom. So I think it's a strong bet that we're going to get Snoke back somehow. Yeah, my, my three plot twists are Snoke's coming back. Okay. Kylo and uh, Ray are siblings. And uh, I'm still not completely sure about the next one, but I think that man, I don't want to say it. I think that, <laughs> I think that uh, Finn's going to die. I think he's going to die. Finn, Finn, yeah. you think so? Yeah, I think so. Okay, interesting. Right. Somebody big has to die in this film, and I think he's like the most expendable character. Ray can't die, and Kylo Ren can't die, so I think Finn's going to die. Well, or not to be Finn. disrespectful, obviously Leia's probably going to go, right? Yeah, well, for sure. Off screen. You know what? It's going to be Chewbacca. I could see Chewbacca can't be around without his buddy Han. Okay. Maybe maybe Lando, maybe Lando and, and Chewie oh. do some kind of like uh, some uh, so you guys kamikaze agree on death? thing. So you guys agree on, de- on a de- another death in this oh, film? Oh, yeah. I yeah, definitely. So, okay. okay. so okay. maybe they're going to really let the past die and just literally kill off every single character from the... That, yeah. You're I'm, right. That's I'm that's a good Chewbacca. How would he go out though? She uh, so uh, Lando is gonna get back on the Millennium Falcon. He's gonna take uh, Chewie on a suicide mention. He's gonna bring C three PO and R two D two with him 
and then they're gonna do <laughs> some kind of <laughs> like a uh, suicide kamikaze run and like you know one final, fly final uh, fly through the bridge of a star destroyer while screaming yippee ki mfers and then boom done <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> I don't don't even get me started on that Lando thing too. There's still the stupidest thing for them to have done to announce he was coming back. I was James, I got so worked up over him. Like you just have him walk on screen and everybody would just flip out that Lando's back instead of having a whole announcement that he was rejoining this. I, yeah. I, I would kinda hope that streak. he would show up with like a clone ver a young clone version of himself, like Lando clones himself, and then we could have Donald Glover also in there somehow. Just just like that's a, just fan service for me because that like guy's a cyborg awesome. since he has sex with that robot in the pre- <laughs> <laughs> yes. that is a good like a cyborg Lando child. His secret love child. <laughs> I'd be on board with that. All right, James. Um I'm gonna are you ready? Here you go. Yeah. James, think so. You are James Cameron. Get me excited for the four, four Avatar sequels. So I got to tell you, I don't care. Okay, first I will paint my whole body blue. <laughs> uh, I will go on uh, either Instagram Live or or I will stream on YouTube, and I was wait till I hit like around minimum of three thousand viewers, mm-hmm. and I will sit down. And I'll first say I'm giving away 10,000 free tickets. Everybody loves stuff for free. So mm. I would do that. And then I would uh, I would allude to the experience that you're never going to be like. Remember when the first Avatar came out? Yeah. Yeah. 3D. I was I will introduce 40. <laughs> <laughs> I would do a new visual experience for the next four films that no one has ever seen before. I will create the hype. And. I probably will spoil the plot of the first one and the, the plot of the, the ending of the last one just to get everybody to try to fill in the blanks from between those. Okay. And that's how I would try to sell it. I think a little mystery, actually... free stuff, and I'll paint my body blue. <laughs> Pretty I honestly basic. don't think he's that off, man. I don't think he's that off. You know what? Uh, honestly, um, Smell I vision. love the idea that James has brought up about uh, 4D because I have been... I went to Disney a few months ago, and I actually managed to get on that Avatar ride. Yo, that's why I said it. Yeah, that thing is amazing. And can you imagine? I could totally see James Cameron like outfitting a a IMAX theater with like you know scents and wind blowing and water that shoots out of everywhere with a you know um, a chair that breathes under you so you feel like you're riding a dragon like i could see him totally doing something like that it'd be like d-box but like three times better right you know you know now now i'm on board now i want to see the avatar sure you gotta go you gotta (laughs) introduce a new experience like a new viewing experience that's right how many are there really four is it four sequels yeah well i mean he's just gonna keep upping the stakes by the by the <laughs> by the last one it's gonna be a battle royale and like half the theater's not getting out like you get split into groups like one's the humans and one's the navi and then like you, you know fight your way out the fight it's a fight to the death kind of thing <laughs> all right all right that works for me what okay you got, matt all right, so um, Chris, you're you're Joel Cohen, and, and James, you're mm. Ethan Cohen because Ethan okay. Cohen is a much better sounding name. Um, so you're releasing the Ballad of Buster Scruggs on Netflix, um, which is uh, uh, a new thing for you. So 
is this how you're going to release your smaller films, your big Lebowski's, your uh, uh, Burn After Readings, and then save your Fargo's and No Country for Old Men's um, out for the big screen? Your Oscar bait? That's interesting. Ethan, do you want to take this, or what do you think? You got it, Pops. I'm going to piggyback on what you say. Uh, Sure. I mean, I feel like this is is, this is the future, right? Where if Netflix wants to throw a whole ton of money at me for my more artistic merits, then I'll take that, and then we'll pocket that, and we'll we'll save the big stuff for the theatrical releases. Yeah, I don't really have an issue with that at this point. I think it's I want to get my work out to the largest audience possible, and I got to tell you, I think that's a better chance of doing that on Netflix than you do in the theater for a Coen Brothers movie, right? I mean. Especially for the the smaller things, people don't yeah. aren't going to see like uh, Burn After Reading in the theaters, right? Or what yeah. was the one with um, Clooney and the guy ended up playing Han Solo? That was just out like two years ago with the actors and the fifties Hollywood type thing. Oh yeah, Hail Caesar. Yeah, Hail Caesar. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I I know we saw that, but I don't know how many people really did, and I think people may be more inclined to check it out at home. So yeah, I'm on board. Why not? Can I give you guys one? Please. Sure. Uh, so this one's up for grabs. I don't really know who I want to give it to. All right. But uh, so you're Bill Maher. Mm. Boo. <laughs> you make the comment about uh, Americans uh, voting for a president in a country where people worship comic books more than uh, yada, yada. Right. Now you have the whole nerd culture and geek culture at your neck. How do you apologize? Let me tell you. I'm, I'm going to take this, Matt. And Matt, you can actually weigh in if you want to afterwards. We can, we can tag team this Mar thing. Here's the problem, all right, with all you punk kids these days. You, you're too <laughs> sensitive, all right? I can't go to college campuses anymore and make jokes because I'm going to upset all the uh, little snowflakes out there. That's your problem, Okay. It's it's comic books are just comic books. They're for kids. You don't you just don't you got to grow up, man, and not be so sensitive. Now I I can't tell jokes about racism racism and minorities or make fun of women or any of this stuff anymore. All of a sudden, telling a rape jokes taboo because you know comedy has no boundaries, right? I uh, you could um who's it listening to Sean on YouTube? He made this point the other day, right? You uh what? There should be boundaries. You wouldn't play a Louis C.K. tape to a four, five-year-old, would you? So um, anyway, I think you should. You should be able to do whatever you want, and you guys just got to get over it and stop ruining comedy in Hollywood because I am right because I am slowly becoming a libertarian troll. Matt, is there anything you wanted to add to that? Uh, no, I'll just say that Bill Maher is insufferable. And I don't know what happened to that guy. I mean, uh, I'm old, so I remember him politically incorrect. Um yeah, I don't. He's digging his grave. I can't believe he somehow still managed to keep pulling his career out of the dumpster fire of his own creating at the very last second, over and over and over again. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't either. Whatever. All so right, I'm Matt, you're John Bailey. You're head of the Motion Picture Academy. Will no. streaming service ever get an Oscar nomination? Because listen, Roma got an. A small limited run just so it could be potentially get an Oscar now. Now, the mm. rule basically is you have to be able to, you have to have a film exhibit in Los Angeles County for seven consecutive days in order to qualify for a Best Picture Oscar nomination. I had to research that. Mm. 
But do you think it'll ever get to a point where you can just straight stream something and then get a nomination for something? Um. Well, not while I'm alive. That? Not while. From my from my cold dead hands is where that's happening. Um, cinema is 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 the theater experience. Um, you know, I listen to a podcast um, called The First Run, and the one who knows what he's talking about, Chris Pitascalzo, is always waxing poetic about how you know going to see things in the theater and on the biggest screen possible. And that is how film is meant to be seen. So therefore, you know, I think regardless of the artistic merits of uh, it being on a streaming service, as far as I'm concerned, that is a glorified TV movie. So that'll never, ever, ever, while I'm alive and in charge, be the case. Well, I appreciate you doxing me. Uh, James, (laughs) did you have any thoughts about the streaming service Oscar nomination thing? I was going to say yeah, but uh, Matt made a really good point. And... uh, cinema should be seen in a theater. I totally agree with that as well. So who should make the transition then? Are we thinking that Netflix should be open to putting stuff in the theaters then and be a full-on production company, kind of like Amazon did? But I don't really know how you approach that, though. Like, you can't stream a movie, like, at a theater because then it's not a streaming film. You know what I mean? Like, how would you even go about doing it? Because even though it's a streaming production company... If you put it in in the theater, that's a that's a movie. You know what I mean? It's not really you're not streaming it. You can't watch it when you want to. You have to go watch it. So, I really don't know how you would approach that. Well, that's what Amazon does. They'll they'll make the movies and then they'll put them out in the theater and then they just get the exclusive streaming rights for it later. And I just don't know if that's what Netflix will eventually. I think eventually they'll do that. Because they want they, to have that artistic legitimacy. The only problem is the theaters pushed back and the like the major studios really pushed back on Amazon because of all that stuff. I remember there were when stuff would appear at Con or is it Can now? I can never keep that straight. But when the Amazon logo would come up, people in the theater would boo. Which I think is kind of ridiculous. If I want I any way art can be exhibited, I'm all for. But I think maybe that's what it'll be, is that eventually Netflix will, they'll get something like Roma, which they're doing now, and they'll give it a small theatrical release just so they can get that recognition. Honestly, I honestly think they try to take their their ultimate goal. I wouldn't say is to destroy cinema, but to, oh. I mean, like I feel like they're like devaluing it in a sense because they took a shot at it with, uh, I remember when you re- remember the the Bright, when they released Bright, and it was like a big yeah. deal. It was like a, the first box office film straight to streaming service and how it got blackballed the hell out of. I feel like cinema would never let that happen. Hmm. You know, I I struggle with it because I think there's a, I think movies are always going to hold an important part of – it's part of the American experience, right? Going to the movies, <laughs> whether that's on a date – or, you know, taking your kids on an afternoon to go see the new Dr. Seuss tragedy. Um, you know, you can, it's, it's really, that's, that's part of the experience. Um, but at the same time, I and former co-host Dave, there's a lot of times, like, especially when I'm going to see films for this show that I don't really want to see, but I'm going to go see it. But I, I would much rather be able to stay home and watch, you know, girl in the spider's web. And I don't want to have to drive all the right. way down to the theater to watch the damn thing. So, 
is got to be some kind of balance. And what I think is going to end up happening, I don't think theaters are ever going to go completely away, but I think the technology of what's going to be available to you in your home, especially if something like an ocular rift or some kind of um, VR headsets as they get better, as the picture gets better. I mean, you're not going to get any bigger screen, even though it's only this big, since it's this close to your eyes and it's that immersive, um, it's going to give you that same kind of level of experience that at some point you're going to have to kind of acknowledge that um, the artistic contribution, just because it's not on the big screen. Well, I think there's two things with that. A, a question, well, let me start with the point. I think there's certain th- films that need, you should be experienced with an audience, horror mm-hmm. movies and comedies. The experience is improved by seeing it with an audience. True. Two, the question then, how do you balance that out? So I guess the, the theory is going to be that in years to come, you have the option. You can go to the theater or you can watch it at home but pay a premium price. Like you'd pay 20 bucks to watch it at home instead of going to theater for 10 right? Um, would you, either of you, how do you feel about that? Would you pay $20, $25 to watch the final Star Wars film at home? Or do you want to go see that in the theater? I think you would. Um yeah, I'm more of an experienced guy. Um, I'm pretty sure you guys seen the Quiet or a, a Quiet Place earlier yeah. this year. Yeah, and uh, Hereditary. Those are more experienced with a group of people movies. If you watch that at home, it it really doesn't hold that much weight. If you watch it at home, I feel like so. I would definitely pay the less or the least value of the ticket price to go see it with people. Right. Yeah, I mean, I agree with what James says. I think if you're going to say something like a Star Wars or a Hereditary or a Quiet Place, that is definitely something you need to see in a theater. Um, but if I'm going to go watch, I don't know, A Star is Born or Instant Family, I don't need to go down to the theater to go do that. I can just watch it in the comfort of my own home and just watch the damn thing. I mean, that's, yeah. that's where something's got to give because... I honestly, and really, I'm just kind of a grumpy old man in my soapbox because Chris makes me go see movies that I don't want to see in the theater. <laughs> Wait till next week. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, like some movies are deserved to be celebrated. And I feel like that's what movie we're going to certain movies is about, like Avengers 4. That's right. a celebration. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you kind of want to be there with a group of people versus on your couch. You know what I'm saying? Like pausing it to go to the bathroom and get coming back unpausing it and you know on your phone while you watch the movie like that's a celebration type of movie so i feel like that's more of the reason why cinema won't go away anytime in our lifetime no mm. i think you're right matt do you have any more uh yeah i've got one more okay your favorite character or favorite character your favorite topic is i bring them up probably at least once a month when we do these things um all right guys you're kevin feige Grand Lord Poobah of the Marvel Universe, okay? You've got X-Men now. It's in your stable very soon. Mm -hmm. The deal is closing. You've got the last uh, X-Men Fox movie, Dark Phoenix. Do you, once this thing airs, do you just pretend none of that ever happens and just start over with your own version of the Marvel Universe? Or do you try and kind of pick and choose some of the characters and actors that you liked and some of the stuff that you did like and try and fold them into your own universe. James, what do you think? You want to, uh, I'm doing a complete reboot. I'm with James. Ask Andrew Garfield. How, what do you think about that? 
I, uh, yeah, I think it's entirely the right way to go is you just start over. You get some younger actors, you go with the teenage X-Men, you know, start it all from scratch, I think, and then go from there. Just, I think now, the big thing is who do you cast as Wolverine is like the number one question hanging over the X-Men yeah. universe. Yeah. But it's kind of like recasting Batman. Like there, there won't be another Hugh Jackman. You just got to roll with the punches and pe- hopefully people forget like we're in uh, like the Joker, like we're, we're super excited about Joaquin Phoenix being a Joker and slowly but surely, uh, Hugh, uh, I forget his last name. Jackman. Uh, Joker. Damn. I'm having a brain. Fart. Oh, Heath Ledger. Yeah. Heath Ledger. I said, Hugh, sorry. Um, well, I want to say be forgotten. He will always be the pinnacle of Joker, but mm-hmm. so, surely but surely he's going to filter out and we're going to look at new Jokers to be coming. So I want to do a complete reboot. There you go. That would be interesting though, because I think some of them, like, I think they should totally keep uh, a lot of the, the cast from Deadpool. I mean, I think that whole cast works for the most part. So why not bring over Ryan Reynolds and all that well, kind I think of stuff? Deadpool's a different thing. And I, I feel like Deadpool may continue to exist in its own little universe. I don't sure. know. Um, but I could see bringing the kid, the same kids to play Cyclops, the, the kid from Ready Player One, whose name I'm blanking mm-hmm. on right now. Right. I thought he yeah, was that fun. kid. Ah, Sophie Turner, Jean Grey. Yeah, I don't have a problem with any of that. I yeah. think, though, I think it will be... I think all of that stuff, all the Fox stuff is jettisoned. Maybe you bring yep. some of the actors over, but all that stuff's not going to... I don't see there's any continuity between the Fox X-Men outside of maybe some of the actors, but that would be it. <laughs> Yeah, I know we've. It's all been very secretive. Uh, Phase four has all been very secretive. But I'm really hoping, just because I love the X Men so much, that they're pulling a Spider Man. Like once they get those rights back, they're going to have to put the brakes and kind of reshuffle a little bit, like they did when they got Spider Man, to try and bring some of this stuff in sooner rather than later. Hmm. I see how it goes. All right, let's wrap it up, James. You are Ryan Reynolds. Congratulations. Yeah, you are. One question for you, Detective Pikachu. Really? Why not? <laughs> Why not? You know what? That's a fair answer. I really. <laughs> but so that's cash all day, man. I'm taking it. <laughs> but I like that he's like an expert private eye. Is that canon at all in the Pokemon universe? I have no idea. But this is also how I looked at it. There's so many Pikachu's. It's just that one Pikachu that sounds like Ryan Reynolds. You know what I mean? So that's how you can spin it. It's not the Ash Pikachu. Yeah, that's not. That's not. That's definitely not the Ash Pikachu. What? There's more than one Pikachu. Yeah, I did not know that. Millions of Pikachus. Yeah. So James, we're old. I'm younger than Chris, (laughs) and Chris is like super old, so he's not up to date on how Pokemon works. No, that's not the Ash catching Pikachu. Yeah. I did not know that. All right, but you're right. I'll take that all day, man. That's Detective Pikachu. (laughs) (laughs) To you. No. Uh, is this thing rated R by any chance? Is he no, gonna get a little no nasty? There is no way. Hell no, man. <laughs> that would be that would be fantastic. I would I would love Ryan Little even more. Are you he somehow sure? made some filthy private eye uh, detective Pikachu. Uh, are you sure? Happy time murders. Are you sure? Be careful what you're <sighs> for. <laughs> well, if we can that. make it, yeah, not go over the top. Just make it tasteful. Tasteful trash. At at the most, PG thirteen. Yeah, there you go. PG-13. Fair enough. I don't want a PG Ryan Reynolds. PG-13 is edgy enough. That's right. It's a good call. You're going to go see that uh, PG-13 version of Deadpool 2 this uh, winter, James? (laughs) Uh, I might have to, man. I'm, I'm two movies in. Why not?
There you go. Yeah, I mean Fred Savage, Princess Bride uh story uh framework. Yeah, I'm I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to have to go see yeah. that. Yeah. Why not, man? Fred Savage is one of the goats, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure one Fred appreciates years, you bro. saying that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's going to be that's going to be it for uh call it or who that, excuse me. I don't even know where to go with that now. So um how would you answer this question? Shoot us an email at feedback at the first run.com. We'd love to hear from you next week, Maddie next week. All right. Here's our problem. We're running smack dab into the Thanksgiving day holiday. So here's what's up. We have right. widows. Mm-hmm. Now we have to table fantastic beasts because Mia from Mia's many reviews from Twitter is going to be joining us for that. So okay. that's going to be in two weeks. Okay. So you get to choose from widows, which I think we should make an absolute lock. It's the yeah. queen. Supposed to be good. And then also, though, coming out is going to be on Tuesday night, Wednesday, is Ralph Breaks Internet, Creed 2, and the Taron Egren uh, Robin Hood. Uh, if I'm going to have to call it now, I'm going to say uh, let's do Widows and uh, Wreck-It Ralph 2 because then I can take my daughter with it, and it's kind of an excuse to have a family night. So that's uh, easier for me. Odds are then I'll probably force you to do Creed 2 and Fantastic Beasts the following week so you that's do not fine. end up leaving a theater. <laughs> That'd be wonderful. James, I want to thank you so much for joining us. What are you going to be seeing next? Uh, Widows, for sure. Like you said, that's a lock. And uh, Wreck-It Ralph. I just rewatched the original uh, yesterday, and I'm super stoked about this next one. It's supposed to be really good. Yeah, I'm totally. um, I'm all in on that. Which reminds me, Rotten Tomatoes score contest. I don't know if you know about this. Uh, uh, James, what well, we chose a bunch of films and had to predict a Rotten Tomatoes score, and we used Price is Right rules, so you can't go over. Whatever's closest without going over. So I, I actually won with Overlord. I got 53%. Matt chose 51, and it came in at 80. So coming up... We were up, close. Now, we had Fanta- Fantastic Beasts 2, which we both got wrong. We were way over on that one. I had 71, Matt at 66, and I think it hovered around 40. Oh my god, I didn't know that. So Damn. next up is Ralph. No, so I think Matt, we've got to do Wednesday at noon because that's when Ralph technically comes out. Okay. So Ralph breaks the internet. I have eighty four percent. Matt has eighty one percent, and it is currently at ninety two. I cannot. I, I, that boggles my mind. There's no way this thing is better than the first one. Yet it's. I would have guessed ninety three. Come on, man. So you would yeah, be out crazy. right now potentially. That's crazy. But I love that's that. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm all in on this one, man. So I, I am ahead two to one right now. And if that holds, I'll be up three to one with only two movies to go. So and I think I like one of them is going to end up being a wash. I think we're going to be over on one of them at least, too. Yeah. So what do you do? Like over a whole month record? No, we just do through the rest of the year. We have Aquaman and Holmes and Watson left. Yeah. Oh, this is over the whole year? Yeah, so we have... Yeah, like the second half of the year. The big ones for the second half of the year. That's cool. We got 35 bucks on the line, so we'll see how it goes. Oh, spicy. Chris won last year. I did. Spicy take. You cheated. Yeah, I I rigged the RT scores. (laughs) You did. You got an inside man. That's right. right. (laughs) So that's going to be the big show this week. You can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Do a search for the first run. Scroll, 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 scroll. Eventually, you will find us. Also, check out James over at Pop Cult Net. You can find him on YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes, anywhere else. Am I forgetting something? Uh, yeah, Spotify. See, I gotta do this. Place. I'm. We gotta do the Spotify thing. I. I That's keep where dragging it's at, on man. that. Spotify. 
And remember, go over to Apple Podcasts and give us a review. I will read it on the air, no matter how good or bad it is. Four stars and above, please. We're all friends here. And that's going to be the big show for this week. James, thank you again so much for joining us. You are welcome whenever you'd like. Just hit me up. And, of course, I'd love to get back on Pop Cult Net as well. So thank you. Anytime, man. Thanks for the invite, man. I really appreciate it. All right. And now we're going to take an extended break. We'll see you all soon.